Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Hi, it's the Reading Bug, here to tell you that this episode of Reading Bug Adventures is sponsored by Scholastic and their fun new book, The Little Butterfly That Could, by Ross Burak. Please support our sponsor by purchasing The Little Butterfly That Could and other great Scholastic books at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Welcome back to Reading Bug Adventures, written, performed, and produced by all of us at The Reading Bug, our family-owned independent bookstore. This week, it's a bonus full-story episode of our Amazon adventure. Yep, you heard me. It's an Amazon adventure as an Amazon rainforest. That's the only Amazon you'll ever hear us talking about. We know it's been a crazy difficult year and very different for everyone. And we've been thrilled to receive your letters, pictures, and emails as we navigate the challenges of keeping our independent bookstore open and writing, recording, and producing new Reading Bug Adventures episodes. Thanks so much for your support of our independent family-owned small business this year. And please consider continuing to support us by shopping at thereadingbug.com. There, you can choose from millions of books and gifts, board games, recommendations from our staff, or even select custom care packages, handpicked with love by me and the rest of our bookstore staff. You can even choose books from your favorite Reading Bug Adventures episodes at thereadingbug.com slash adventures. Or sign up every young reader on your shopping list for a perfectly personalized subscription at readingbugbox.com. Books are selected and delivered each month to match the unique age, interest, and reading level of every subscriber, like only an independent bookstore can do. A big thank you to Resonate Recordings, who does the sound mixing and mastery for every Reading Bug Adventures episode. And of course, a great big thanks to our sponsors and to all of you for helping us continue to make this podcast. A big thank you and hello to all of our patrons. You're part of what makes Reading Bug Adventures podcast possible. To become a patron, support our work, and hear your names shouted out on a future episode, visit patreon.com slash readingbugadventures. Okay, reader, are you ready for another exciting adventure with me and the Reading Bug? Then what are we waiting for? Let's fly. It's time for a Reading Bug Adventure. It's a Reading Bug Adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. The Reading Bug and I can't wait to share our trip with you. Hi, reader. Over here. Thanks for joining me in the Reading Bug on another adventure today. Yeah, thanks. I'm super excited to get going on this amazing adventure. Hey, Lauren, did you wear hiking boots today like I asked you to? I sure did. And I brought a pair for you too, reader. Here, put them on. I'm guessing we're going to be walking a lot on the adventure today, but I don't have any idea where the Reading Bug's magic book bag might be taking us. Do you have any guesses? Well, I'm sure wherever we're going, it's going to be incredible. It always is. Reading Bug, want to tell us where we're headed? Absolutely not. I'd never just tell you. 
That wouldn't be very much fun now, would it? You're going to have to guess. I'll tell you the names of some of the books in my book bag, and you can tell me where you think we'll be adventuring to, okay? Okay. Okay, let me see. Aha! Here, I've got Shaman's Apprentice by Lynn Sherry and Mark Plotkin, The Explorer by Catherine Rundle, The Great Kapok Tree by Lynn Cherry, and Charlie Thorne and the Lost City by Stuart Gibbs. I don't think I have any idea. Do you, reader? There's The Explorer, but, well, that's what we do on every adventure. Use your magic book bag and imaginations, of course, to explore some new time or place. Can you help us out with another hint, Bug? Sure. Do you know what a kapok tree is or where it grows? Um, I don't think so. The kapok tree is a gigantic tree that mainly grows in the rainforests of Mexico, Central America, Northern South America, and West Africa. Oh, so we'll be exploring someplace where kapok trees grow. But where? Well, here's another book in my book bag. Maybe this will help you guess. It's called Life in the Amazon Rainforest by Ginger Clark. The Amazon Rainforest! (gasps) Is that where we're going on today's adventure reading bug? Yes, yes, yes. We're headed to South America for an amazing Amazon adventure. The Amazon Rainforest is located along the Amazon River, which is the largest, but not the longest, river in the world. And it's located in South America. But South America is a big continent. And the Amazon River is a big river. Exactly where will we be going on our Amazon adventure today? Machu Picchu. Gesundheit. No, no. I said Machu Picchu. Oh, Gesundheit again. Reading bug, do you have a cold? Are you sure you're feeling well enough for an adventure today? We'd understand if you'd want to postpone to another time. Those sneezes sound pretty bad. Those weren't sneezes, Lauren. I was saying Machu Picchu. It's a place in Peru, in the Amazon rainforest. It's often called the Lost City. The Lost City? Like Atlantis? Is it at the bottom of the ocean? Or maybe at the bottom of the Amazon River? Machu Picchu isn't really a city. It's a palace that was built for an Inca king named Pachacuti hundreds of years ago. Pachacuti means... Someone who turns the world upside down. And King Pachacuti did that when he conquered all the nearby tribes and created the largest kingdom in South America. But if it was so big, how did someone lose it? Machu Picchu was never really lost, Lauren. It was just forgotten. When King Pachacuti died, the palace was no longer used, and the jungle vines and rainforest grew up over the buildings until they were completely covered. When Spanish explorers conquered the Inca in 1532, They didn't find Machu Picchu because it was completely hidden by the forest that had grown on top of it. A castle hidden by vines and trees. (gasps) How romantic. It reminds me of the story of Sleeping Beauty. When Princess Aurora pricked her finger and fell asleep, a forest of trees, brambles, and thorns sprung up around her castle, shielding it from the view of the outside world until a prince entered the forest, found the palace, and woke the sleeping princess with a kiss. The stories are similar, Except there was no sleeping princess at Machu Picchu. And the castle at Machu Picchu wasn't found until 1911, 400 years later, by an explorer named Hiram Bingham. Machu Picchu is located at the entrance to the Amazon River, and it is also the entrance to the largest rainforest in the world. Wow! A visit to the lost castle of an Incan king? That sounds like an amazing adventure, all right. 
And it doesn't even sound very dangerous. Well, there are lots of animals, insects, and snakes in the rainforest, but I'm sure we can avoid the really dangerous ones. The really dangerous ones? What kind of really dangerous animals are there, Reading Bug? Well, for starters, jaguars are only found in South America, nowhere else. A jaguar is a beautiful but deadly big cat with black spots that looks a lot like the leopards that live in Africa and Asia. It's the most feared predator in South America because of its powerful bite. Powerful bite? And then there are poison dart frogs. They've got their name because, for hundreds of years, native tribes have used their secretions to poison the darts they use to hunt and kill other animals. Poison? There's the green anaconda, too. That's the largest snake in the world. But don't worry, it isn't poisonous. It just squeezes its victims to death. Squeezes to... Oh, and there's also the goliath bird-eating tarantula. It's the largest spider in the world, as large as a dinner plate, and it has inch-long fangs. Oh, no, reading bug, stop, stop. You're really scaring me now. Scaring you? Oh, don't worry, Lauren. Those animals live mostly deep in the rainforest. And we'll be spending most of our time in Machu Picchu. The forest that used to cover Machu Picchu has all been cleared away. And I read that the only animals that you'll usually find there are monkeys, llamas, deer, birds, and butterflies. Oh, phew. That makes me feel a lot better about our adventure. Butterflies, I can handle. Since we'll be hiking in Machu Picchu today, why don't we take a brief second to stretch out and get ready for our hike and whatever else awaits us on our trip. Let's stand up unless you're buckled into your car or tucked into your bed, and wiggle our fingers and toes. Are you wiggling? Great! Now, stretch your arms up high over your head. Perfect. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, let's get ready to go. Stretch up high, touch the sky, crouch down low and wiggle your toes. Swing your arms from side to side, now we're ready to go. Those stretches felt great, Lauren. Thanks. You bet, Bug. Oh, and one last thing before we go. Reader, did you remember to bring crayons and paper with you today? On every adventure, we love to take the time to draw pictures of all the things we see and do together. Just like illustrators who draw the pictures in the books we read, you can draw pictures of everything we experience. Draw anything you want at any time, and your illustrations will help you retell our story to your family and friends when we return. At the end of today's adventure, we'll take a bit of time to listen to music and draw our pictures together. But you're welcome to stop and draw any time. Just press pause and then press play again when you're ready to continue. I can't wait to see all the amazing Amazon pictures you'll draw. If you didn't remember to bring crayons and paper, don't worry. Just press pause or have a grown-up do it for you and get them now. The reading bug and I will wait right here for you. Okay, I think we're all ready to go off on another incredible adventure together. Magic Book Bag, please take us to Peru to visit the lost city of Machu Picchu. We'll see the palace of Pachacuti, the great Inca king, whose actions as monarch changed everything. Under his rule, the Inca grew from a small tribe to one of the greatest nations of all time. Look, reader. The reading bug is opening her book bag, and it's growing bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all inside. Oh, and look. Inside the bag, I can see an enormous river threading its way through a dense green forest. I see mountains so high that they reach into the clouds. 
and a mountaintop with terraces and stairs that lead to white stone buildings surrounded by a high stone wall. And look at all the animals. There are multitudes of brilliantly colored birds, fish, spiders, frogs, bats, monkeys, and butterflies. And there are some huge colorful flowers and men and women dressed in vibrant clothing that mirrors the colors of the animals and flowers of the jungle. And don't forget all those new words. I see Encantado, Quechua, Cria, Condor, Cayman, and more. This adventure is going to be epic. Is everyone ready to go? Great. On the count of three, jump into the book bag with me. One, two, three, jump! Let's jump inside our book bag. What will we find there? Imaginations run away. What's in our book bag? Our trusty book bag. What will we learn about today? Here we go! The book bag is taking us up, up, up into the sky, floating over the clouds and looking down on vast areas of land and oceans. The Amazon rainforest is a pretty long way from our home, but with the Reading Bug's book bag, we should be there in no time. Over there! Look! There's a huge landmass that looks a little like an ice cream cone. That must be South America. As we get closer, I can see an enormous river cutting across verdant green forests. The Amazon River, of course. It runs from west to east across the top half of the continent, with many smaller rivers, or tributaries, branching out from it. Then, running along the western edge of the continent, is a craggy mountain range. And it looks like we're heading toward one of those mountains, close to the west coast. I sure hope that's where Machu Picchu is. Watch out below. This bag is coming in for a landing. Let's hope we don't wind up in the middle of the rainforest. Or we may never find our way out of all those dense trees. Never find our way out? Oof! Whew! I don't think we landed in the rainforest. I hear birds in the sky, but I also hear music playing and the voices of people. I thought you said that no one lived in Machu Picchu, Reading Bug. They don't, but there are lots of towns and villages nearby. Maybe we landed in one of them? Let's all quickly hop out and try to figure out where we are. Look, Reader, we seem to have landed in the middle of a party. There are people everywhere dressed in incredible, colorful clothing. Skirts with ruffles in every color of the rainbow. Long red robes with intricate embroidered details. And hats with long feathers sticking out of the top. There's music and dancing and singing everywhere. And there are smells of delicious foods all around us. Quickly, let's go join in the fun. I read that there are traditional festivals throughout the entire year in Peru. Some say there are more than 3,000 of them, celebrated by all the indigenous groups that live here. The colorful clothes you're seeing are traditional Peruvian costumes. I wonder what they're celebrating. Let's ask. Look, there's a tall, handsome man standing quietly at the street corner, dressed in a white suit and hat and a pink tie. Maybe we can ask him. Follow me. Um, hello, sir. Do you speak English? My name is Lauren, and this is the reading bug and our reader friend. And we were wondering... Hola, hello. What are you doing here? Are you lost and alone? A tourist sightseer? Oh, no, not lost exactly. 
we're adventurers, and we were wondering if you could tell us where we are and what everyone is celebrating. My pleasure, mi amor. But first an intro. I go by many names, but you can call me Boto. Boto? Okay, Boto, it's a pleasure to meet you. Thank you for your help. Now, where are we, and what is this celebration? My dear, you're in the town of Agua Calientes. A Peruvian pueblo is just what this is. This party is honoring the sun god Inti. It's a festival we call Inti Remi. Agua Calientes is the town that is known as the gateway to Machu Picchu, Lauren. We're exactly where we wanted to be. Follow me and I'll show you around. We'll see sights and I'll show you the town. Reader, reading bug, what do you think? Should we go with Boto to explore Agua Calientes and Machu Picchu? He seems nice enough, but there's something a little bit strange about him, don't you think? It's funny that he's speaking in rhyme, but maybe that's just something people do during the Inti Raimi Festival? But I don't know though, Lauren. Something about Boto seems a little strange. I'm worried. Worried? Reading bug. When you feel dizzy and a little unsteady on your feet Shaky and quaky and you need to take a seat Just breathe, listen to me When you are worried there's a tiny little wrinkle in your brow You want to make it go away but you don't know how What to do, I'll tell you I have this little place where all my worries go I write them down on paper and in this special box they go. It helps me sort my feelings when I'm feeling low. So now you know. When you feel dizzy and a little unsteady on your feet, shaky and quaky and you need to take a seat, just breathe. Listen to me. When you are worried, there's a tiny little wrinkle in your brow. You want to make it go away, but you don't know how, what to do. I'll tell you. Find a little place where all your worries go. Write them down on paper, and in the box they go. It'll help you sort your feelings when you're feeling low. Now you know. your worries go I guess you're right Lauren and besides it's always best to have a tour guide when visiting a new place so I say we follow Boto I bet he can show us all the amazing sights here okay Boto we'd love to have you show us around lead the way excellent excellent you won't regret this the sights of the town are ones not to be missed First, follow me away from this crowd. The people are noisy and the music's too loud. It's quieter this way, by the big river's shore. Just follow me there, right this way, mi amor. Boto is right. It's much, much quieter as we get closer to the fast-flowing river down below. Everyone must be gathered together in the center of town for the Inti Rainy Festival. The river is rushing quickly, Lauren. I'm not sure we should get too close, but Boto is walking down the steep riverbank, closer to the water. Boto! Boto! Don't get too close! The river looks dangerous. Don't be silly. Don't worry. There's no danger here. 
The water is safe. You have nothing to fear. I promised you sights, and the first sight we'll see is a magical village that's named Encante. A magical village? That sounds incredible, but I'm not sure I've ever heard of Encante before. How do we get there? It's easy to find if you have the right guide. Take my hand and I'll take you. I'll stay by your side. Oh, okay, Boto, if you say so. Reader, grab onto Boto's other hand. There's not much room to walk on the river's shore. Promise you'll hold on tight, Boto? I don't want to fall in. I'll hold on tight. I will not let you go. Just follow along. There you go, nice and slow. Ouch! Boto, you're holding my hand a little too tight. That hurts! And what are you doing? You're stepping into the river? My feet are getting all wet. No, stop! The rushing water will carry us all the way. Now I'm getting a little worried. Something is definitely not right. Don't be silly. Don't worry. Come this way, my dear. The magical village Encante is right here. Right here? You're not making any sense. This is a river, Boto. That's right, little bug. It's a river that's flowing, and under the water is where we'll be going. Encante is enchanted as a practical matter, and it's located deep underneath all this water. Under the water? No! Uh, But Boto will never survive in the rushing river. Please, stop pulling us! Let go! <laughs> Lauren? Reader? What was that sound? Look! Over there! It's some kind of animal running right for us. It's white. Well, mostly white, with red spiky hair sticking up from the top of its head. It has big hairy ears, huge eyes with long brown eyelashes, and bushy brown eyebrows. Watch out, Reader! I think it's going to run into us! Ay, guacala, ooh-wee! This animal has spit all over me! Reader, that strange-looking animal didn't run into us after all! It stopped and spit all over Boto! And Boto let go of you when he spit. Quickly, climb back up the riverbank to safety! No! Come back! Phew! That was close! What was Boto thinking trying to pull us into the river like that? It's a good thing we were able to escape when we did. But what happened to Boto? Hey! Look! Raider! Raiding Bug! Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Boto is... gone! And in his place is a... big... pink... fish? Lauren... I don't think Boto is gone. I think that pink fish is Boto. What are you talking about, Reading Bug? You're right, little bug. See, Lauren? I'm right. Wait, who said that? I did. Uh, Reading Bug? I think that funny-looking animal that spit on Boto is, uh, talking to us. You're talking to a bug, aren't you? Why then, should you be so surprised to meet a talking Kriya? Kriya? Yes, that is what young llamas like me are called. Oh, you're a llama. Uh, uh, a talking llama. Yes, my name is Pakari, and as Incan legend will tell you, llamas can talk. 
We just usually don't because we don't have much to say. But you were in real danger, so I had to speak up. According to Inca legend, a long time ago, people on Earth became mean and greedy. So the Inca gods decided to send a flood to wash them all away. A couple of llamas who belonged to two kind and generous shepherds heard about the gods' plan, and they told the shepherds to move their families high up in the mountains. The bad people were washed away, but the shepherds and their families were saved, all thanks to the llamas. Just like those shepherds, you were in danger, so I spoke up to help save you. I'm afraid that was no ordinary man, and that's no ordinary fish. You see, boto means dolphin in Portuguese, and your boto was an enchanted pink dolphin, an encantado. Oh, I read about pink river dolphins in Amazon Adventure, how tiny fish are saving the world's largest rainforest. Pink dolphins live in the fresh waters of the Amazon River and its tributaries. They don't look like the ocean dolphins we have met on other adventures, Lauren. Did you get a good look at the dolphin? They have a long beak that sticks out like a nose, and humped foreheads, and huge flippers that look like wings. Their skin is sometimes gray or whitish, but it's mostly pink. But maybe I missed the part about them turning into humans? I'm sure that part wasn't in your book, Reading Bug. You see, legend is that some pink dolphins on full moon nights turn into handsome men dressed in white and wearing a white fedora hat. They never take off their hats, even when they are inside, because the hat hides the blowhole on top of their heads. We call these dolphins encantado. And he was speaking in rhyme, because as you know from our friends Danny, Donnie, Denny, and Dora, dolphins speak in clicks and pops and squeals, kind of like a rap. But the dolphins we've met on other adventures have been nice and helpful. Why was Boto trying to pull us underwater? Once someone is under the spell of the encantado, he takes them to the river and tries to get them to dive into the river with him before he turns back into a dolphin, trapping them underwater with him forever. You mean, we could have been trapped in the river forever? Yes. You were in terrible danger, which is why I had to step in. One thing llamas are really good at is spitting, so I used my considerable spitting skill to get rid of that encantado before he could harm you. Llamas help protect people, after all. Well then, thank you, Bakari. I'm Lauren, and this is the Reading Bug and our reader friend. We're lucky you came along just in time to save us from that encantado. We are here on an adventure to learn more about South America and to visit the lost city of Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu? Well then, you've come to the right place. I saw you when you landed in Agua Calientes, the gateway to my home in Machu Picchu. You live in Machu Picchu, Bakari? <gasps> That's a wonderful look! You've already done so much for us, but do you think you could take us to Machu Picchu today and show us around? I would be delighted. We're just a hop, skip, and a jump from the Inca Trail, which we can follow up the mountain to Machu Picchu. What's the Inca Trail? Is it a hiking trail? It's much more than a dirt hiking trail, Lauren. I read that hundreds of years ago, the Inca built 14,000 miles of stone roadways through the Incan nation. That's five times the distance between Los Angeles and New York City. And they built it all without any modern equipment. You're right, Bug. But don't worry, we won't be walking all 14,000 miles today. <laughs> we'll only walk on a very short part of the Inca Trail. It's steep, though, and we are up high in the mountains, so it will be a rigorous hike. 
Do you think you are up to it? We've got our hiking boots on, ready for whatever this adventure brings, but it may be a good time to take a rest before we go. I'm going to pause our adventure for a brief message about today's sponsor. Don't go anywhere. The Reading Bug and I will be right back in just one minute. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a storytime podcast with your littles? Something that has some great storytelling and maybe some conversation about it? Look no further. With Storytime with Philip and Mommy, my little guy Philip and I sit down every single day and read a story together. And we, of course, want you to join us. Grab your copy of the book, sit down, let's read it, and let's talk about it. We'll learn new words, we'll learn new ideas, and then we'll learn how we can use those stories in our lives. It's a lot of fun. Classics like Little Golden Books or Bernstein Bears, all the way up through the newest phenomenons like Bluey. We talk about them and we have a lot of laughs. It's a great time and we hope that you can come and join us. So please look for us and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Storytime with Philip and Mommy. Thanks so much. We'll see you there. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the Chart Topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages. Teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. Today's episode was sponsored by Scholastic and their funny new book, The Little Butterfly That Could by Ross Burak. Wee-wee! Oh, hi, Lauren. <laughs> hi, Reading Bug. You're all out of breath. What have you been up to? Oh, me? Nothing much. I've just been flying for miles and miles and miles. You see, I was trying to figure out how far 200 miles is, but I didn't quite get that far. I was only able to fly for about 50 miles today, and boy are my wings tired. Wow, Reading Bug, 50 miles is a really long way. Why would you want to fly that far? Well, this morning I read The Little Butterfly That Could. It's the companion to the Laugh Out Loud picture book, The Very Impatient Caterpillar, both by Ross Burek. Do you remember our monarch butterfly adventure, Lauren? Where we followed the great monarch migration? Of course. How could I forget? Well, the little butterfly that could follows Butterfly as he gets ready to migrate. But 200 miles is very far away, and Butterfly doesn't think he can make it. But when a good friend, a whale, reminds him that if at first you don't succeed, fly, fly again. Butterfly finds his groove and finishes the flight. I figured if a butterfly could fly 200 miles, then so could I. But I guess I was wrong. Oh, I love Ross Burak's books. He wrote Truck Full of Ducks, High Five Animals, and the Acorn Early Reader series, Bumble and Bee. That's right. His style is so much fun, with speech bubbles that kids will love, and it will keep them laughing all day long. Yes, yes, yes. The Very Impatient Caterpillar and The Little Butterfly That Could are really fun ways to learn about the life cycle of a butterfly. The Very Impatient Caterpillar highlights metamorphosis, and The Little Butterfly That Could focuses on migration. Well, Reading Bug, what are we waiting for? Let's fly! I can't wait to dig into the little butterfly that could right now.
Me too. A good read sounds a lot better than more flying. Think I could hitch a ride on your shoulder? <laughs> of course. You can purchase Scholastic's The Little Butterfly That Could and other books by Ross Burak at thereadingbug.com or your local independent bookstore. Thanks to Scholastic for their support. Oh, reader, you're back. Great. We're on our way up the mountain to visit the lost city of Machu Picchu with our new friend and tour guide, Pakari. Welcome back, reader. Pakari is a llama. A talking llama. Well, technically I'm a talking cria, but that just means I'm a young llama. <laughs> and of course, the reading bug is here, too. That's right. And I'm so, so, so excited about resuming our Amazon adventure. We had a scary run-in with an enchanted pink river dolphin, an encantado, earlier. But now that we've rested a little, I'm eager to see Machu Picchu. <sighs> this is a very steep trail we're on, Bakari. I sure am glad we brought our hiking boots with us. But still, are we there yet? I'm feeling really, really tired. Almost, Lauren. You're feeling the effects of the altitude now. Machu Picchu is almost 8,000 feet above sea level, so the air we're breathing is pretty thin, which makes you feel more tired when you exercise. We're heading up the Inca Trail now, though, so we should be in Machu Picchu in no time. Oh, boy! I can hardly wait! Do you remember I told you that Machu Picchu was lost for over 400 years? People think that's because it was up so high that it couldn't be seen from the bottom of the mountain. Huh! I believe it. Yes, Machu Picchu is so high up that Spanish explorers couldn't see it when they arrived in Peru. Hiram Bingham was a professor of history, and he is the one who is remembered as the person who discovered Machu Picchu. But I'll tell you a little secret that most people don't know. Hiram Bingham would never have found it without the help of an 11-year-old native boy. Oh yeah, I read about that little boy in a wonderful non-fiction picture book, Lost City, The Discovery of Machu Picchu by Ted Lewin. An 11-year-old native boy helped a college professor discover Machu Picchu? Really? Yes. In 1911, Bingham organized an expedition to find a lost city called Vilcapampa, a city that was rumored to be located in the mountains of Peru and filled with gold and riches. Once Bingham and his party of explorers arrived and started climbing the mountain, they asked everyone they met if they knew where Vilcapampa was located or if they knew of any ruins, but everyone said no. The jungle was dense, the mountain was slippery and steep, and the heat was terrible, and Bingham became discouraged. Right! He was so discouraged that he was thinking about turning back. But before he did, he reached a clearing where a young boy was playing. The boy took him to his home, and the boy's family brought the explorer sweet potatoes to eat and gourds filled with cool water to drink. Refreshed, Bingham asked one last time if there were ruins nearby. The boy's father shook his head, but the boy said to them, Amoy muy, which means come, come, and led Bingham into the jungle. At first, Bingham only saw bamboo thickets and tangled vines, but when he looked closer, he saw there were Stones peeking through the vines. The boy pointed to a curved stone wall, and Bingham realized it was a temple. Then they came to a steep stone staircase, and at the top there was a clearing and another temple built of enormous stones. 
Bingham realized that underneath the vines and the thickets, there were many more buildings. Sure that he had found the lost city of Vilcapampa, Bingham took a picture of the boy who had led him to the site. At least, that's the story my llama relatives, who were there in Machu Picchu in 1911, mind you, have passed down from generation to generation. Incredible! So, what happened to Hiram Bingham after the discovery, Picari? Bingham returned to the United States to organize a follow-up expedition to clear the site and to search for the gold that was supposed to be there. And in 1912, he returned. He found a lot of skeletons, pots, tools, and bronze ornaments. But he never found any gold because the city wasn't Vilcapampa. Of course, it was Machu Picchu. But what he had found was much more valuable. The palace of King Pachacuti. I can't wait to see it for myself. You did say we were almost there, didn't you, Bakari? We are. Lauren, look. Oh, Raider, look up ahead of us on the mountain. The people in front of us have started climbing a giant stone staircase up to the large stone gate, surrounded by a tall stone wall. Is that Machu Picchu, Bakari? It sure is. Home sweet home. There are more than 3,000 stone steps that lead up the mountain to Machu Picchu. And the terraces you see on the side of the stairs were cut into the mountain to create flat meadows where the Inca would grow maize and other food crops. Maize is another word for corn. Oh, yeah. So we're headed up those stairs then. All 3,000 of them. We sure are. It is a steep climb, but well worth the effort. In 2007, Machu Picchu was chosen by more than 100 million people around the world as one of the new seven wonders of the modern world. One of just seven? Wow! What were the others? The Great Wall of China in China, the Chichen Itza, a pyramid built by the Mayans that is located in Mexico, Petra, an ancient city located in the country of Jordan that was built more than 2,000 years ago, the Christ Redeemer statue, a really big statue of Jesus in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, built after World War I, the Roman Colosseum that was built by the Romans in the first century, and the Taj Mahal, an amazing building in India that was built by an emperor in the 17th century to honor his wife. Sounds like some really great places for future adventures, right, reader? They sure do, Lauren. But even if we don't adventure to them, we can always read about them. Hey, watch your step! There's a thick black snake sunning on the rock in front of you, Lauren. Oh, yeesh! Thanks, reading bug. I almost stepped on him. And he didn't seem too happy about it either. Was that one of the super poisonous snakes you were telling us about? I'm not sure, but I don't think either of you should find out. Let's catch up with Picari. She knows this place well and can help us avoid any danger. Good idea. Picari, wait up! Oops, sorry. I didn't see that you'd fallen behind. Llamas are excellent climbers. Sometimes I forget that you humans are so much slower. Oh, look! We've got a little visitor hopping along beside us. Hi, little guy. You sure are pretty. Reader, have you ever seen such a beautiful frog? He's no bigger than the top of my thumb, but he's so colorful. His back is bright orange with black lines and dots, and his legs are a shimmery silver. Lauren! Don't get too close. That little frog is deadly. Deadly? This little cutie pie? It's just a tiny little frog, reading bug. I think that's a poison dart frog, like I warned you about. I saw a picture of one in 
animals of the rainforest, wildlife in the jungle. Poison dart frogs are one of the most poisonous creatures on the entire earth. You're right, reading bug. That's a poison dart frog for sure. They come in many beautiful bright colors, yellow, red, green, orange, and blue. And the poison of just one tiny frog is enough to kill 10 people. The reason that poison dart frogs are so colorful is to warn other animals that might want to eat them that they are poisonous. Oh, thanks for warning me. I had no idea that anything this small and beautiful could be so lethal. Just remember, Lauren, that not everything in the Amazon is a no-drama llama like myself. Yeah, there are lots of poisonous reptiles, insects, spiders, and even plants in the Amazon. That's really strange. We usually don't see poison dart frogs this close to Machu Picchu. But every once in a while, one may show up. Just a bit of bad luck, I guess. It's really best not to touch anything. Okay, I'll keep my hands in my pockets for the rest of this adventure. Good idea. Lauren, reader, don't look back, but you're nearly all the way up the 3,000 steps to Machu Picchu. And boy, is it a long way back down. Great work, everyone. We made it. Look around, reader. This place is incredible. We're high up on a steep mountain, and there are beautifully crafted stone walls and steps built into the mountain all around us. From up here, you can see across the mountains and valleys for miles. And we're so high up, I can see clouds below us. It looks like the whole place is floating on a bed of mist. No wonder it took so long to discover it. Machu Picchu means old mountain in the native language and the Inca, who originally lived here, worshipped the sun and the moon. Some people believe Pachacuti built his palace here at the top of this steep hill so that he could see the sun, the moon, and the stars more clearly. We're standing in front of one of four spectacular temples in Machu Picchu. This one is called the Temple of the Sun, and it is where the Inca worshipped their sun god, Inti. It was the most important structure in Machu Picchu and is the only building with a semicircular outer wall. My family tells me that the walls of the Temple of the Sun were once covered with jewels. Can you just imagine it? There's also a room in the temple where the royal mummies are kept. Mummies? You mean like... In Egypt, yeah. The ancient Egyptians were the best known makers of mummies. But ancient people in Australia and some Pacific islands also made mummies as a way of preserving the bodies of the dead. So did the Inca in South America. Like the Egyptians, the Inca developed a process to preserve the bodies of their royalty after they were dead. They worshipped and cared for these royal mummies as if they were still alive. How do you know so much about the Inca, Bakari? You said yourself you're just a young llama, so you weren't around way back when Machu Picchu was occupied. Everything I know was passed down to me from my parents and from their parents before them, by word of mouth. The Inca had no written language, so there's a lot that people like you still don't know about them. For example, no one knows exactly what Machu Picchu was used for, but most historians believe that Machu Picchu was the summer palace of King Pachacuti. All of the houses and temples in Machu Picchu are built of the finest white stones, found right here on the mountain. Workers cut and shape them without metal tools, using rocks as hammers to chip away at the stone, and the stones were carved and stacked with amazing precision. Even though the Inca didn't use any mortar to seal the stones together, like you see in between the bricks in modern buildings, 
I read that it is impossible to slide even a sheet of paper between the stones here because they were so carefully and expertly carved and placed. The Inca were amazing builders, and because there was no water nearby, they even built a series of aqueducts to bring water from the mountains to the buildings in Machu Picchu. That's right, little bug. In the case of Machu Picchu, the aqueducts brought pure water from a spring high up on the mountain, about half a mile away. It flowed down the aqueduct into 16 different stone fountains. That was quite an engineering feat for a nation that hadn't even invented the wheel. Nobody knows how the Inca were able to move the heavy stones to build the aqueduct, or more than 100 buildings in the city. I'm pretty sure they had help from lots of llamas. Let's keep walking. Oh! What in the world was that? Another dangerous Amazon animal come to get us? Everybody... Look out! <laughs> no, no, no. That's an Andean cock of the rock bird. It's a national bird of Peru. They're a little shy, so they can be hard to find. But if you look just up there near the rocks, you'll see the one that was calling to you. Oh, yeah! Look, reader! It has brilliant reddish-orange feathers, black and white wings, and a large domed forehead that completely covers its beak. I've never seen any bird that looks like it. <gasps> Why is it called a cock of the rock? It gets the last part of its name from its tendency to build nests on rocks and ledges. That one's a boy bird. They're the ones with the bright feathers. The females have duller brown feathers. And unlike your little frog friend, Lauren, this colorful bird is not dangerous at all. Well, not dangerous for most of us. Reading bug, you should steer clear because these birds eat a steady diet of fruit, small animals, and insects. Yikes! <laughs> Don't worry, Reading Bug. We'll protect you. Everyone here will look out for you, Reading Bug. Ladybugs are considered good luck in Peru after all. Well, that makes me feel better. Sort of. I do not like the way that bird keeps looking at me. Ouch! Lauren, are you okay? I, I think so, yeah. Just a small fall. I tripped over that stone, I guess. Just a little bit of bad luck. I did skin my knee a little, though. Ouch! Don't worry about that, Lauren. I can help. I've learned a thing or two from the local shaman. Shaman? A shaman is an ancient term for a healer, a person of medicine. That's right. Just call me the Laman Shaman. <laughs> but seriously, let me take a look at that scratch. I read in The Shaman's Apprentice that... Shamans in the Amazon jungles have passed their knowledge of healing powers of rainforest plants from one generation to the next for thousands of years. An incredible 25% of all the medicines we use today have been derived from rainforest plants. For example, quinine, which is used to treat malaria, comes from the cinchona tree. Cat's claw is a vine that has been used to treat arthritis. And novocaine, like you might get at the dentist to numb your mouth, comes from the coca plant. That's right, reading bug. My grandfather worked with a local shaman long, long ago, helping him travel through the rainforest and over the mountains. And that shaman passed his knowledge of the healing power of our rainforest plants to him. He helped to teach my llama mama and she, in turn, taught me. Your knee isn't too badly scraped. But if it were, I might recommend Sangre de Grado, Blood of the Dragon. Blood of the Dragon? How do you get that? Blood of the dragon doesn't come from actual dragons. It comes from the sap and bark of the sangre de grado tree, which is found in the rainforest. It's only called 
blood because it is red. It has been used in South America for hundreds of years to treat a variety of health issues. And it's good for deep cuts because it has an antiseptic action, reduces bleeding, and kills bacteria, germs, and viruses. I can't believe I was so clumsy. But I'm fine now. Thanks for the help, Pakari. My pleasure. Our next stop is right here. This temple is called the Temple of the Three Windows because it has three trapezoid-shaped windows. That's really weird. A trapezoid is kind of like a crooked square or rectangle with only two parallel sides. Why would they want wonky windows? Historians, whom I met frequently when they traveled to Machu Picchu, believe that the three windows represented the underworld, the heavens, and life on Earth. They were carved into a wall that faces east to let the solstice sunrise shine through at perfect angles. Solstice? There are two solstices each year. One on the shortest day of the year and one on the longest day of the year. Right. And next to the Temple of the Three Windows, here is the main temple. Because it is the largest temple. The main public temple where large public ceremonies would have taken place. Incredible. Look at the main temple's perfectly curved wall. That must have been really difficult to build without modern tools. The main temple was built in the shape of a rainbow. It was designed so that one window lines up with a view of a cluster of stars in the morning sky. Another window is positioned so that on the winter solstice, which is the shortest day of the year, the sun shines through onto the altar, which is right in the center of the floor of the temple. So the Inca would come here to worship the sun and the stars then? That's right. You said there were four temples in Machu Picchu, but we've only seen three so far. The Temple of the Sun, the Temple of the Three Windows, and the main temple. Where's the fourth? It's just up ahead. Up there, see? That's the Temple of the Condor. What's a condor? It's a very large bird that feeds on dead animals, Lauren. Kind of like a buzzard or a vulture, but much bigger. That's right. This one's my favorite of the four temples. Follow me. It's called Temple of the Condor because of this large image of a condor made from rocks on the ground. See? Oh, yes. There are large stones on the floor that have been arranged in the shape of a bird's head and neck feathers. And the rock behind the head and neck is shaped like outspread wings. It's enormous. Well, condors are the world's largest flying birds. Their wingspan is almost 11 feet wide. That's about as long as two grown-ups lying on the ground head to foot. Have you ever seen a bird that big? Never. And uh, I don't think I want to see one, especially if it's a carnivore. (laughs) The Andean condor is a meat eater, but condors don't usually kill things. They are scavengers. They find food that has already been killed. You don't need to worry. And I read that Andean condors are usually spotted on higher parts of the Inca Trail above Machu Picchu, but occasionally people have seen them flying right here, around the ruins. With the luck we've been having, I wouldn't be surprised if one swooped down right now. First, Boto almost dragged us under the Amazon River, then I almost stepped on a deadly snake and touched a deadly frog, and then I tripped and skinned my knee. Remember, the Amazon rainforests are very dangerous. We're fortunate all our misfortunes were only almost. But you're right. Before our luck runs out, maybe we should consider heading back home. We've seen all four temples of Machu Picchu, after all. I hate to cut our adventure short, but you're probably right, Reading Bug. We probably should leave now before our luck runs out. Pakari, thank you so much for being such a wonderful tour guide. And for saving us from Boto. 
We will never forget you. <laughs> no problema. I hope you'll adventure back to see me again soon. Look, reader. The reading bug is opening the book bag, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Big enough to fit us all... Hey, let go! Help! Reader, look! The bird scooped up the reading bug and her book bag and is flying away! Pakari, you have to help! We can't run faster than that cock of the rock can fly, Lauren. Just keep your eyes on it. Our best chance to get our little bug friend back is to see where they land. But that might be too late! You said yourself that those birds like to eat insects! Yes, but I think we still have time. Look! The bird has landed on the rocks of the hill high above us. I don't think he meant to grab the book back too, but for now, that bag is giving the reading bug a place to hide. Reading bug, hold tight. We're going to find a way to rescue you. How can we ever climb that mountain to get to the reading bug and rescue her in time? Oh, this is really bad luck. Bad luck? You're right. What we need now is a change of fortune. And I think I have an idea. Follow me. Follow you? But we can't climb way up there to rescue the reading bug. You're not going up there. I need your help down here. Come on. Here. Here? But, Bakari, you've just led us to a big carved stone in the middle of Machu Picchu. How is this stone going to help the reading bug? It's not just any big stone, Lauren. This stone is called the Intihuatana. It's a focal point for all the positive energy of Machu Picchu. Visitors here place their hands on the Intihuatana to absorb some of the positive energy from the stone for themselves. We need some positive energy right now, but you've probably noticed that I don't have any hands, so that's why I need your help. I need you and Reader to place your hands on the stone for me. And what are you going to do, Bakari? Positive energy alone won't save the reading bug. You're right. That's why I'm going to climb up the cliff and rescue her. Rescue her? You? But you're a llama. You don't have any thumbs to grab onto rocks with. How can you climb that steep mountain and reach the reading bug? Remember when we first arrived, I told you that llamas are amazing climbers? Well, I wasn't joking. I may not have thumbs, but I do have two separate long toes on each of my forefeet. My toenails curve and point onto the ground, giving me excellent traction on rocky surfaces. And my muscles and body shape are great for climbing and balance, too. Stay here and take in all the positive energy you can to help me climb the rock and save the reading bug. I'll be back with your friend in no time. Be careful, Bakari. Now I'm getting a little worried. Reader, keep your hand on the Intuatana with me. I don't know if it's just my mind playing tricks on me, but I think I can feel the positive energy flowing into my body. Can you feel it, reader? I hope that Bakari can feel it, too. When you feel dizzy and a little unsteady on your feet, shaky and quaky and you need to take a seat, just breathe. Listen to me. When you are worried, there's a tiny little wrinkle in your brow You want to make it go away, but you don't know how, what to do I'll tell you I have this little place where all my worries go I write them down on paper, and in this special box they go It helps me sort my feelings when I'm feeling low So now you know 
When you feel dizzy and a little unsteady on your feet Shaky and quaky and you need to take a seat Just breathe, listen to me When you are worried there's a tiny little wrinkle in your brow You want to make it go away but you don't know how what to do I'll tell you Find a little place where all your worries go Write them down on paper and in the box they go It'll help you sort your feelings when you're feeling low Now you know Picari is already nearly halfway to the reading bug. It's like she's got glue on her hooves. She's moving so quickly up the steep rocky mountain. Even where the rocks are loose, Picari doesn't seem to be slipping at all. She's moving more slowly now as she approaches the cock of the rock. But the bird is still trying to figure out where the reading bug went, and he doesn't see Picari at all. And look! Picari has the reading bug's book bag in her mouth! and is climbing back down the mountain. The cock of the rock tried to get it back for a second, then flew away. Careful, Bakari! You've almost made it! If she weren't a llama, I'd think she was a professional rock climber. Told you I was an expert climber. You were incredible, Bakari. Reading bug, reading bug, are you in there? It's safe to come out now. Oh no. Reader, we may be too late. I'm here, I'm here. Bakari, you were amazing. Thank you so much for the daring rescue. That's what llamas do best, help. It's the least I could do for my new adventure friends. How can I ever repay you? No payment required. But if you really want to repay me, listen to this. Well, that's what llamas do second best. Spit. Now listen. Now, I'm not one to usually talk, but when it's about the Amazon, I've really got to squawk. Our rainforest has shared its land and river, but if you don't help, they won't last forever. Of course we want to help Bakari, but how? There are lots of ways to help save the rainforest, Lauren. To reduce the need for cutting down our trees, ask your friends and family to buy food grown locally. To preserve the Amazon for future generations, purchase fair trade products made by native populations. And when you ask for toys and gifts, make sure that you choose to reduce your carbon footprint and recycle or reuse. Through the amazing Amazon, the whole world is connected, so tell everyone you know we need to protect it. Let all our friends around the world know that the Amazon rainforest is an important part of their lives, as well as ours. The rainforest trees take carbon dioxide out of the air and replace it with the clean, fresh oxygen that we all breathe. The Amazon rainforest produces 20% of all the oxygen in the world. There may be dangerous animals, insects, and plants in the Amazon rainforest, but we face a far bigger danger if we lose the rainforest to pollution or deforestation. That's a wonderful message for us to bring back from our adventure today, Pakari. Of course we'll tell our friends and family. We sure will. But speaking of friends and family, we really should be heading back home now, don't you think? 
This has been such an incredible adventure exploring Machu Picchu together. But I think we should go before that cock of the rock comes back for you, Reading Bug. Definitely. Bakari, thanks so much for showing us your home and for keeping us safe from the enchanted river dolphins and hungry birds. We're lucky you found us, and even luckier to call you our friend. Goodbye. Goodbye. Come back and see me again soon. We will, Pakari. Thank you. Now, if you're ready, let's get back home. Just three hops with me, then into the book bag together. Ready? One hop, two hops, three hops, and we're in! We've had a big adventure within our book bag, and I think we saved the day. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, book bag. Now it's time to fly away. Look, the ruins of Machu Picchu are fading away as we ascend into the sky and head back home after another amazing adventure together. I'm not sure anyone will believe us when we tell them we visited a lost city had a dangerous run-in with an encantado that turned out to be a pink river dolphin, and met an awesome talking llama. That's what our pictures are for, Reading Bug. We can draw pictures of Machu Picchu and all the amazing things we did together today to help retell the story of our adventure to our friends and family. In just a few minutes, I'll play music for us to color our illustrations to. What part of today's adventure do you think you'll draw, Reader? I'm going to draw a picture of Picardi climbing the cliffside to rescue me from that scary cock of the rock. Great idea! If you enjoyed today's adventure like I did, reader, and want to learn more about the Amazon rainforest, Machu Picchu, or Peru, you can read any of the books in my book bag. I have a complete list for you at www.thereadingbug.com adventures. Hey, look! We're back! Reader, you were an amazing adventurer today. Thanks for all your help keeping us safe. When you're a reader, you're a leader You're ready to learn about everything as you grow You'll show this world that you can be anything You could write a book or fly a plane Build a house with a giant crane Whatever you do, one thing will be true There's nothing you can't do You can see it through Just by being you Cause you're a reader, you're a leader You're ready to learn about everything as you grow You'll show this world that you can be anything You could sing your way into a Broadway show Don't let anyone tell you no Whatever you do, one thing will be true There's nothing you can't do You can make your dreams come true Just by being you Thank you for joining me in the reading bug on another exciting adventure. I can't wait until our next one together. Until then, goodbye. Bye-bye, reader. We'll see you soon. It's a reading bug adventure. There's lots of fun in store. Just inside our book bag, there's new places to explore. Grab your crayons and paper and your imaginations too. Wait to share our trip with you.
Today's episode was sponsored by Scholastic and their funny new book, The Little Butterfly That Could, by Ross Burak. Thanks to Scholastic for their support. And thanks to all of our individual sponsors as well. If you're interested in becoming a patron, please visit our page at patreon.com. Thank you for listening to Reading Bug Adventures. I'm Lauren Savage, and today's adventure was an original story written by Diane and Brandon Savage. This episode was performed by me, Chloe and Brandon Savage, and Gabriela Melendez. Original music was written and performed by me and Joe Murphy. Thanks, Joe. Sound mixing and mastery is by Resonate Recordings. The Reading Bug is our family-owned independent children's bookstore in California, and we're passionate about educating, entertaining, and engaging children of all ages. Learn more about us at thereadingbug.com and our personalized subscription box service at readingbugbox.com. Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. 